Hello, and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn, and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org. Hi, so it's a pleasure to be here with Madupe Adefala. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes, you got it right. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself just to start with. Where are you based? What do you do? What's your role? Well, I'm um, one of the pioneering students uh, that finished the master's course here. Um, in 2019, in July, I dropped the pen. That was good. <laughs> but otherwise, I pastor a church called Ward Fountain Christian Ministries. We're based in Oxford. We have a, a, an assembly in Swindon and another one in North Oxford. But in addition to that, I work as the managing chaplain of a prison in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, are you allowed to say which prison? Do you like to say which prison or do you just talk about your work as a prison chaplain? I'm a prison chapl- chaplain. I'm married and I've got three children. My first one is married. Thank you. Okay, so tell me about, well, the prison chaplaincy is, is very interesting. I know, pr- was it previously you also worked at an immigration yes. detention centre? Yes, Jeremy. Right? I was in the local um, immigration detention centre until January. 2019. Now you're prison chaplain. How is that different? How is it the same? The same in the processes are very similar, but context different. The people in Immigration Removal Center, they have, some have overstayed their um, visa, or, or some are still trying to walk through their visa. So it's more of imp- movement between one nation and the other. People in prison, there are those who are on remand, there are those who have been recalled, and those who are serving their sentence. And so it's a very more complex in terms of numbers, as well as the, the, the background behind the people. So, so what's, a, what's a day in the life hmm. for a prison chaplain? Yeah. Well, in the... It depends. As a managing chaplain, the role, uh, the administrative aspect is still there. But let's talk about the chaplain. Um, duty chaplain is you meet people who are uh, coming in, you introduce yourself, you tell them about the chaplaincy, you find out a bit about them, not about why they're in prison, or whether there's family, whether they have accommodation if there are needs. Um, sometimes we meet five, sometimes we meet 25, depends on how many are coming in. And then if they have needs, some you can handle. Someone may say, I need a Bible, I want to be in the chapel on Sunday. Or someone may say, I'm very sick, or my daughter is sick, my wife is sick. Then some you can also follow up, others you have to refer. And so all that sort of conversation. And then you could meet other people who have been bereaved and need support or they've had bad news and they need support. Or you just have uh, staff as well who need, because it can be intense, it can be intense. They need support who have just handled an incident and need someone to talk to. Some don't want to talk immediately. Some will tell you, no, it's all in the day's job. A lot of us just want to talk about it and things like that. And then you connect and coordinate other faiths as well. 
and so you are in the space with other people from other faiths and just managing that atmosphere where you need to respect one another that's very helpful and then you have to do your paperwork your processes and they're there as well and also organizing connection with the community as well and because sometimes we use, we have volunteers that support the chaplaincy and so you may be, have, have to lie with maybe community groups or churches or individual ministers that want to come in got to make sure that the security clearances are done so all those things at the back and um, in addition to planning your services and co and studies as well <laughs> and i'm wondering where do you see god at work in a day-to-day -day prison life he's always been there as it was with joseph in his prison as it was with paul and silas in their experience the prison is not a strange place for god to be um those two apart from others those two stories turned out for me understanding that for everyone that comes into the prison it could it could be a, a city of refuge for them it could be a place of discovery for them it could be um, a place of reflection for them and just trying to create that atmosphere where it's not just the sentence but the changes that could happen in an individual and you do meet people who have met God on their journey in serving their sentence. And that can actually shake you about how God reaches, reaches out to people at different levels. It's amazing. And so God is always there. He is there. Got to ask, look, you know, looking around us, mm -hmm. is pioneering too white? No. No. I don't think we call it, I'm looking at my community, we may not call it pioneering because we, the Pentecostal community will say to you, that's what we've always done. We've always gone out there, we've always told the stories, but we don't call ourselves pioneers. So it's about understanding the language, but I don't think that pioneering is all white. From my study as well women have been actively involved in pioneering especially um, the uh, the five Nigerian ladies I interviewed some of them walking alongside their husbands some of them walking alone in the mission field and I don't think the demand is for us to for women to do more I think it's for us to amplify what's already been done and so that we can rebalance the understanding, the narratives of pioneering. The same thing between the white and the black dichotomy. I think it's about rebalancing the narratives. I think everyone is doing what God has called them to do. And um, we can't polarize it. We just need to come together and um, join, join up actions will help us. Uh, we need to pull together and understand that if we stand alongside one another, we can we can cover more mileage in this field that God has given us. I think it will work better. Yeah. Have you got any ideas of those things? What are those things that will 
that we can do together. It feels ironic, you know, Mm. with CMS as such a global uh, mission with so much cross-cultural experience, that actually connecting within this country Mm. seems uh, not to happen as much as connecting cross-culturally abroad. Well, I think the country we're in has its own history. I think there's a lot of aversion to the church, not just to mission. And a lot of, well, some of the people I've spoken to will suggest that, oh, that the church is just a power-broken entity, that there's nothing beyond power-broken. And um, in as much as the church has had power and held power in this country, I think we need to actually understand the fact that that power was given of God. It was, it, it was in the time, in the season. The power we have now is different. It's not the power of parliament, but the power of people. And if we get to understand the people, where they are, I believe that that power is still present. And so, yes, we had the power of parliament. It was a privilege to have it. It, made, it helped the church to do a lot. And I'm, I'm a better person for it because the, uh, the, the work that was done in Nigeria, in Africa, I'm a beneficiary of, of, of that. And so now that the power is no longer with parliament, but is now with the people, how do we mobilize ourselves? So it's about finding the interface. I believe the interface is where our strength is because everyone has been doing what God has called us to do in different places. So it's this time now. Okay, last thing, we must wrap up. Uh, Is there one sort of gift um, that you think is really important that has been part of the pioneer experience here? Is there one sort of gift from that that you think is the really important thing for the church right now? Uh, uh, Two things are coming to mind, and so I'm trying to process them. The first one is the diversity of the morning prayer that we had it may not be considered as part of the intricate study but was vital it was good to be able to see different people come to lead prayers and i believe the church needs the diversity we need that open space where we will have different expressions so that's a gift that the CMS can give to the church because the church is becoming more and more diverse. It might be slow, but it's happening. And so the, uh, the organization of the church has to be opened to um, more diverse gifts. The other thing that I found useful were the um, conversational days. They were, it was intense in that you had to go from one to the other, but the elements of what were the things that were discussed there um, and the speakers that came. If the church will become more of learning centers in addition to becoming worship centers, I believe it's a structure that we need in that there is a, it's easy to do the rituals or carry on with the rituals, but not deepen the relationship. And so I found those conversational days as depths to the things that we were learning in that you meet with people who have written books and 
you do need to go through a lot to be able to produce a book. And so when they share, they're sharing from depth of resources. And so if the churches can be more of learning centers, in addition to worship centers, I believe it would be a gift. And um, so I saw in CMS the worship and I saw the learning. And I think it was very helpful for me and that I did not have a disconnect. I didn't think this was just to study. This was a combination of worship and learning for me. And I think the church can benefit from that. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to churchmissionsociety.org forward slash resources.